The A-List is sponsored by Ad House Advertising School. You get 10 sessions with a working advertising professional for just 600 bucks. Dip your toe in the water and build your first book with freelance creative director Paul Fix. Learn unprofessional advertising from George Tannenbaum, former copy chief of Ogilvy, New York. Or learn to be a more strategic creative with strategic innovations expert Liz Grandillo. There's six classes to choose from, even one taught by little old me. Check it out at adhousenyc.com. Zoom classes start week of May 25th. There's only 14 people to a class, and they're filling up fast. So hurry, adhousenyc.com. And now, here's our show. Hello and welcome to the A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, no longer Chief Creative Officer at Massimo Goldstein, now co-dean and professor at Ad House Advertising School, and also a freelance creative director. Today, I get to talk with Greg Denoto of Denoto Advertising. I've had him on the show before. I think he was in season two, season three. Um, but Greg's a great guy, and I just wanted to catch up with him and, and talk about how things are changing in the business. And he talks about how he how he gets his clients to um, to think about how to create utility and act with humility. Um, I love that phrase, and I love um, his whole philosophy around it. So I think you're going to learn a lot in this session. It's by Zoom. It's edited by me, but I'm enjoying le- learning, you know, GarageBand, and and I'm especially enjoying catching up with with all these great ad leaders. So I feel grateful for that, and I hope you are staying safe and healthy uh, in this time. And uh, you know, I hope you enjoy this show because you know that's why I do it, so that you guys can. Uh, Stay connected and 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 hear the origin stories of uh, some great some great uh, some great advertising professionals, and we will get back to those origin stories in future episodes. But uh, this one is a, a nice little catch up with our friend Greg Denoto. So, without further ado, I give you my conversation with Mr. Greg Denoto. Hello, Greg Denoto. How are you, man? I'm all nice. right. Good to see you too. Yes. And I, I'm finally, I'm in the inner sanctum here. Yeah, yeah, this is the... Uh, that is not a Zoom background, that is real. <laughs> it's real, yeah. Yours, dude, you've got like a nice, you got a bunch of nice stuff on the wall. Oh yeah, I got, yeah. I got, I got, I got, uh, I got Obama back there. I see Obama, I think I see, uh, a, a, is that a Cleo, is that a... Andy, is that a, There's some ad awards is that back a there. Hanging up. Is that a, I'm really wow. cheesy. I'm really cheesy. No man, that's good stuff. Um, so how so how's life? Uh, doing the A list podcast and trying to learn how to do GarageBand and uh, and it's really fun to learn new things. So I'm I'm using this time to do that and to connect with my kids and to live in the moment. Um, you know. How about you? Um, I'd like to say that um, I'm using the time as productively as possible, but I'm probably spending a little bit too much time um, uh, 
like looking at, at watching great old flicks, uh, reading. Um, we still have a fair amount of work to do. God bless. God, you know, that, that's good. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully that will continue. Although, obviously, there's a, there's a market drop off. You know, the industry is uh, up against it a little bit. And um, with the exception of some clients and some sectors that are super active, there's, you know, there's definitely uh, our, our business is taking a hit. The the business of advertising, business of marketing is taking a little bit of a hit and production. Yeah. Too. Gosh. Yeah. Production has been insane. Uh, watching them uh, try to try to try to get around all that. Um, I saw that Coca-Cola and Pepsi both said, I think yesterday or the day before that they are going to uh, well, Coke's going to go dark. Like Coke's going to like halt all marketing for a little while. Yeah. Um, my yeah. friend who works at Coke down there said he's okay for now, but you know, who knows? Um, and then Pepsi is, is also, uh, sort of throttling back a little bit. You know, I, I mean, if you're, you're old enough to remember nine 11, like post nine 11, we had uh, everybody froze in place, yeah. right? Uh, all marketers, all budgets, everything was like, we have to see what this means. What does it mean for us from a messaging standpoint? What's going to happen to our business, et cetera. This time, I think that marketers are a little bit more sophisticated about this kind of a, a, a pause. Um, and I think they're recognizing that there is this universal impact that this thing has had on society, um, on business, on industry, et cetera, that needs to be acknowledged in in a um with action and with utility and with utility the best of them are going to come heavy with stuff that's going to help uh and and kind of reposition uh commerce and capitalism a little bit as an engine for recovery uh and the worst of them are just going to do that like well which yeah we're in it together right Right. If it's just like a, a, a typical kind of like spring deal that's been repackaged as like helping yeah. people, that's bull. If it's if if they have somehow fat created a new uh, wrinkle when it comes to credit and financing, or if they've you know really you can feel that they're they're taking a little bit of a hit financially, then that's meaningful. But uh, not everybody's doing that. And it's uh, it, people. People are sharp about it, and I think there's going to be winners and losers at the end of this. Stuff. Well, well, who have you seen that's doing it right? Are there are there clients? Uh, well, you know, I saw Ford right right away came out and um, immediately talked about like payment plans and and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I thought that that would that was great, especially when you considered that those guys were like potentially vulnerable to some kind of uh, gubernatorial intervention, right. right? Everybody have been talking about like, hey, let's come, let's go after the car companies and ask them to make ventilators yeah. and PPP and all that stuff like that. So um, uh, I thought that that was, that was good. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't seen a lot. I mean, what about you? Do you have any that you, you've been, you know, that you've seen out there that you Yeah, I, no, I think the companies that are, you know, changing their production lines to make ventilators, um, you know, uh, and, and I think the other thing is companies who are taking care of their employees and not just cutting them, but um, yeah. maybe asking everybody, including management, to take a little bit of a pay cut so they don't have to cut people. Uh, that I feel like is a really good 
thing. Um, when I see companies that are just slashing and, and burning, I'm like, well, you know, why would I want to help that company who is going to be there right. for their own customer, for their own employees? Um, so that's what I look at. You know, there's a, there are these these two kind of um, moments that we've been conditioned to to see heroes face in cinema, right? One is the the submarine is going down, and some guys are trapped in the forward compartment, and we have to shut them off, and they're going to have to die for the greater good. Uh, but the submarine is really going down, and there's no doubt everybody's in. Jail. And then the other kind. Of um, iconic scenario is the lifeboat scenario where it's like, okay, we can try to hang on and keep everybody afloat, or we can throw people overboard. And um, we've been conditioned as a society to kind of, kind of admirably support the former and not the latter. And I, th it's amazing to me that so many people want to push people out of the lifeboat in order to kind of like, get a few more weeks of commerce because I, I think that if we do it really well and we, you know, we stand fast, um, we can come out uh, with a little bit more confidence and, and without lives. You know, it's amazing for these governors talking about balancing, you know, live, lives and livelihoods and, you know, how many lives is it worth to get, get the GDP up? And it's, um, it's crazy. The governor of Iowa has said, not only is she opening the, the government, but she is saying, if you don't voluntarily go back to work, you are voluntarily quitting and you don't get unemployment. Wow. Which is like, okay, that's the ultimate yeah. like F you to, to the that's public, right? Crazy. Uh, can crazy. you imagine being someone with, uh, 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 with immunodeficiency or a family member with immunodeficiency and you're like, honey, I got to go back to work. I guess maybe we should live yeah. apart. I, like, what do you do at that point? Uh, before there's a before there's a cure or a vaccine, it's not it's never going to be safe until there is one, right? Or unless we have tests. Yeah, and you know we've we've had uh, it's really interesting to see how the the narrative politically is shaping up and how the the latest most frightening thing is this idea of blue states. Uh, being bailed out by red states and um, the idea that we're even labeling who, you know, the blue states have more coronavirus and why are we red states helping them out? Like, where does this shit come from? You know, like, uh, well, we, we all used to be Americans, you know. Um, there, there are a million reasons we all know why, why it's evolved this way, you know, uh, but part of it is this, uh, the machine that we're on right now and the social media and how it's able to enable people to kind of uh, cement their tribal connections in a way and amplify their tribalism in a way that's, you know, it's never yeah. been out there. The internet was a huge mistake. It was, man. <laughs> it really was. But thank God we have it. Like, how would we, what would we be doing if we couldn't connect with each other now? Uh, how would you do your work? How are you doing your work now? Like, what, what, is, what is the process? How has it changed the process? Has it always been sort of remote for you because you're a smaller agency with lots of freelancers? We're, we're, um, we have always been partially about virtual connections, yeah. right? And about, you know, taking advantage of technology to, to facilitate um, kind of remote roundtabling and stuff like yeah. that. But there is nothing like, okay, we're all going to get together on Thursday and let's like put everything up on the wall and let's jam, you know, and that becomes more, that becomes yeah. 
Um, one thing that uh, this kind of Zoom, Zoom mandatory Zoom world we live in now is forcing upon us is um, people have to have their shit together because they know they're going to have like limited windows, literally and figuratively, yeah. in which to kind of speak, present their case, make you know make sense. Um, so people tend to come a little bit prepared uh-huh. to those meetings. Uh, in a different way, like it's it's le- it feels less about authoring in the moment, uh, and, for, and and more about like okay, let's respond in the context of the meeting. Um, but I miss you know person person yeah. contact. It, it matters. Yeah. I was talking to right? uh, Chris Bursford Hill from uh, TBWA Shia Day, and he he said that his biggest thing was that he used to walk around the office, um, and that was his style of you know he would leave like two or three hours open in a day. Yes. To walk around and just sit around and, and you know, th- you know, kind of just, you know, talk, talk shit with people and just kind of, you know, kind of think up stuff on the fly and see what they're doing at that moment and be like, oh, what are you working on? Oh, that's cool. You know, and maybe have an idea. Yes. So he had to literally have like uh, uh, names of people up on his wall so he could be like, OK, now I got to hit this person, hit that person. It just becomes more deliberate. and and you have to think about yes. it because the architecture isn't there. Yeah, yeah because um, I think that his, his kind of uh, his working mode is is uh, smart. Like uh, as, as a CCO or as a as a, as a uh, I, um, an ECD, I spend a lot of time circulating for the same reason. It's like you have to kind of like uh, be seen, be felt, and also see and feel what everybody's doing and working on and stuff. So you're, you're right, you're, you're kind of sensing organs, your sensing mechanism is, has to be more deliberate, less spontaneous. Uh, you get more reach outs, uh, et cetera. Um, it's also interesting that, you know, getting people together in one screen is, a, a, you know, 10 people together for a meeting on, on a Zoom meeting, um, I, I find is, I don't know. It's just not the, the same as being around a conference room table and being able to kind of respond to each other in real time. You know, um, there's something about feeling per- people's energy. Uh, and, you know, as we know, text and email can often be understood. And even like your, you know, and even Zoom, there's kind of like a little bit of a layer of uh, separation, you know. We're getting better. We're we're adapting, but uh, you know, um, the good news is that there is there are new work streams that we're working with. So, and those work streams are all COVID related, right? So, um, our clients are coming to us and saying, "Can you please, you know, do an explore that tells us, you know, not only how we respond right now, but what is the world going to look like like a year from now, and you know, how is we want to cycle through our, our kind of brand platform once again, lend, re-lens it through this reality. Um, what, ha- what happens to how we're currently positioned? Does that change? And what does that Our product is, is, there, is there anything that is kind of overall for all clients, like they have to be more one way or another? Well, a couple of things that we're, we're kind of saying is, is, is what I talked about at the beginning, which is let's be about, uh, Utility and humility. Um, and so we're saying, don't, let's not just brag about what we're doing. We can tell those stories. 
Let's not oversell. Um, like when we say that we provide extended credit terms, so when we say, hey, we've created a new mechanism for small businesses to kind of like uh, adapt, um, let's not, let's put it out there, make sure it's, it's accessible on social channels, but let's document it and let's not over position it as we are the second right. coming. Because I think people just don't want to hear that shit. They don't want to hear everybody taking, um, taking credit right. because we've seen what happens when leadership spends too much time and energy taking credit while people are dropping dead. So it doesn't make sense. I don't know what you're talking um, about, but yeah. I don't know who I'm talking about either, but, but it's not good. Um, so as, as leaders, let's just kind of create utility and act with, and act with humility. And that's, that's what we've been telling yeah. our clients. Uh, and um, also think of all the stakeholders. Like, don't leave anybody behind. There are also your internal stakeholders, uh, your, your employees. How are you communicating with your employees? How are you communicating with the, um, the investment community? How are you communicating with the, the press? Um, and it's not just about putting out a feel-good advertising or feel-good content. This is a shared experience. Like World War II is a shared experience. It's a terrible thing to go through, but we went through it as a society together. And this, you know, much as, as cliche as it sounds, we really are all in this together. So people will have that touchstone. And I think that that can create a, a basis for me messaging. Um, and when, if, if marketers are kind of tone deaf to that, if they forget to really tap into that, that shared experience, mm -hmm. Um, they're going to fail yeah. uh, when it comes to responding. To yeah. um, how, what are the ways that you're telling your clients to, to go to utility and humility? Like, how do you, how do you get started? Um, well, uh, what we try to do is the first thing is take a look at their value proposition and their positioning. And we say, okay, does our value proposition, how does that work within this context? If we deliver a certain kind of a product or service, um, does that still have traction or is there new traction that it has? Is there a new audience for which it makes sense? Um, we have a, uh, a, a client who I, I can't say their name, but they are a, um, in the pay space um, and pay is, is changing dramatically, yeah. right? All of a sudden, oh my gosh, contactless payment is so important. Yeah. You know, what, is this, what are the implications for mobile wallet versus, you know, other, other things? Um, and so we, you know, we try to say, let's relens the product and services you offer, the value props associated therewith, yeah. uh, as well as the position that you guys own in the marketplace. And then we'll kind of like let things tumble out from there. Um, and we try to kind of make sure that they detect that we are looking at it from a 50,000 foot view as well as a 5,000 foot view, right? Are there also, we say, are there interim things that have to happen right now? Do you have the requisite interim messaging that kind of says, hey, we are, we're, we're here in whatever capacity you need us. Here is the customer service mechanism that you, you know, that, that you can use to make sure you, you can reach yeah. us, um, whatever it is. So interim, and then we start like mapping out against different, um, uh, uh, different targets. Uh, and we try to kind of say, what, you know, how, how do we respond with utility and humility with messaging? 
but more importantly, how do we advise them about their business, you know, product service offerings. Right. Um, I have a lot of, uh, so I just started doing the, the ad house again. Uh, we just had our first, our yeah. first semester ended, uh, recently and we, we had to do the last few, few classes on zoom and we're going to do the next semester on zoom as well. Um, what advice do you have for, for kids coming into this kind of a situation right now for, for young people who are like, I want to go into advertising. <laughs> like, how do you get in right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there going to be advertising? Is it, right? Or is it going to change so dramatically that the, the kind of access points are going to be changed? Yeah. Um, but I think, um, to me, if I was a kid right now trying to kind of make myself known and understood to the potential uh, hirers, employers, it would, it would, I would do all COVID. Right. <laughs> I would do like how I, as a creative person, um, am uniquely positioned to kind of create COVID relevant messaging, programming, utility uh, activation, you know? Uh, and, and so I, I would use it in a meta yeah. way, like, do, do you know do you create like a branded shared workspace on behalf of an imagined client yeah. do you create some of the activations that i was just talking about or the or the product and service adaptations yeah. that show people how to kind of rebuild and, and reboot as a society and as businesses um and the other thing is take go, go high ground like it's not just about saying hey you know here's a way that we're cutting prices or guess what? You can pick up your Burger King at the curb. There are bigger things. Like if you are an insurance company or a financial company, a car company or some big ticket items, and you are working to enfranchise your employees and as well as your customers in this big cycle of commerce and capitalism, how do you relens those big ideas? Like, can you reposition capitalism? Capitalism is, has, has taken a hit in some quarters, right? And some people are saying, hey, maybe Bernie was right. And, you know, we need these big public safety nets to kind of like come and scoop us all up. Doesn't appear to be happening. So going to be capitalism to the rescue. We, as employees, as employers, um, as marketers, have to be the engine. So. I would, I would kind of ask those kids to kind of think about that. Like, how do you, you know, how do you make it, how do you create programs or advertising content messaging that demonstrates that your imagined clients understand those big ideas, not just how to get the Burger King meal out to the curb on time or not. Right. So, um, it's like putting a little, uh, utility and humility into into the into your own book too. You know, give, how how can you be useful yes. in this new world? Yes, yes. I think that's that's a great point. You know, um, I'll tell you the. You take a look at people's personal brands. Yes, yeah. people's personal brands are changing. Right, they're becoming as much about what you give back how good a citizen you are, how involved and engaged in the conversation you yeah. are. Um, and, and I think that's great advice. You know, like make sure that your personal brand is reflective of you as being engaged in society, uh, engaged in the conversation, trying to give back in unique ways. It's like almost, that's it's almost like, 
if you want to get into advertising, start getting into advertising, right? It's like start a blog, start yeah. a start a podcast, start a start something that is showing the world that you care about this industry in a way that makes me want to help you. Uh, and then you will you will do well, right? That's great. Um, think of yourself as the product that you're merchandising, yeah. right? And um, how do you kind of package yourself? Without feeling cheesy about it, right? Because like, yeah. um, I, I mean, I do this podcast because I, I do care about this industry and I, and, I, and I get a lot of good out of it by just staying in, you know, it connected to a lot of good people. But, um, but, you know, it would be easy for me to be like, oh, that's kind of cheesy, you know, reaching out. To it's right. like, you can't, you can't make that your, the only reason you're doing it. Um, it will, you will get benefits from, from doing something that, um, that does something like that. Yes. And I think, um, you know, um, Bill Overlander, whose, whose agency Overland is, is kind of like focused around the idea of kind of um, cause, yeah. advocacy, mission. Um, those guys, uh, and purpose, really, yeah. um, those guys, Bill is reaching out to kind of to agency owners and having these kind same kinds of conversations. And I spent an hour on the, on the phone with them the other day. And I think it's really important to kind of create those mechanisms for kind of listening, communicating, sharing. Um, and I think for, for the kids coming up, it'd be really interesting to see if they create their, their own kind of micro networks yeah. that, right. Yeah, be really they cool. demonstrate uh, yeah. Maybe we can help yeah. them with Ad House. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can start a little Ad House micro network. Did you ever teach Ad House class? Uh, yeah, I was one of the first teachers when 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 Gary was part yeah. of it. Um, and um, Gary Goldsmith. Gosh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Gary uh, first uh, started it. Um, I taught a bunch of classes um, at Ad House, and actually Gary and I taught taught a creative director class and a presentations class. Oh together. wow. Do you have any, do you have any yeah. documents from that from those classes? No, I'll gonna I'll dig and see if I can find them in the archives. We, we, it really, dude, it was really interesting, and um, we had a bunch of of people who were aspiring creative directors, and we, you know, we created this like micro this seminar for them, uh, as well as kind of a presentation, um, uh, presentation yeah. course, you know, like how to get up and, and present an idea. Yeah, um, super on video and then everybody critiquing each other's presentation. Oh, cool. Brutal. It must've been brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um, now yeah, we're all yeah. on video all the time and we're all public speaking at all times. There's no, there's no more, uh, <laughs> there's yeah. no more privacy. It's a little crazy, man. I, you know, that, that actually goes back to the beginning of this conversation, Tom, like where you were saying, Hey, how does this affect people? It's interesting when you put 10 people at a conference room table, how a couple of people can hide. Couple right? people. Um, they can hide, oh, they right. can kind of retreat. Um, but when you're on the Zoom call, if you ask people one at a time to kind of stand and deliver, what is your opinion? What do you think about this? Uh, it's, it's somehow harder to retreat from the, from the camera. Yeah, yeah um, there's no looking around and getting help from a friend. You yeah. have to stare into the, into the green dot and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a different world from the one that I came up, you know, yeah. and um, I would imagine um, it's hard for young people who are trying to kind of 
come into this. They have to not only be great thinkers, they have to be great communicators, they have to be half a citizen um, and, you know, uh, be really kind of in touch with so many kind of channels of information. Yeah. And they have to be able to make things yeah. themselves too now. Cause like you can't, yeah. you know, they have to, they're, and they're all great at it. Uh, you know, they're just native to it and they love it. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Like I, I find myself even now like going, gosh, you know, we, it's, it's the way we recommend production scenarios for clients has changed so yeah. much. Like, Sometimes we go, okay, look, guys, we could do this for you. It's going to cost you X number of dollars. Or maybe you should go get like a, you know, maybe you should go get an SLR and, yeah. and a stand photo booth and do some of this stuff yourself, yeah. you know, because um, it's, it's happening all the yeah. time. Yeah, I'm seeing more and more, you know, you, it looks like user-generated uh, stuff. And, and I've heard from production friends that it's about these days it's about it's as much about what the director's family looks like now than it's about anything else you know um some good friends of mine um at the rock paper scissors were showing me like this new kind of remote production kind of video card scenario it's like almost robot production like where you you send like one person with this very compact kit yeah. um and you're able to do kind of location stuff with a minimal production footprint yeah. uh, and like one person, like one person shooting. We were doing that at, um, so when we were working on Weight Watchers at DeMassimo, um, yeah. we didn't have, uh, we wanted to get real, real users and we had done this studio thing where we called them all the LA and we did it all that way one, one time. And it just struck me that everybody gets really weird when they're first of all they've been flown to LA so already they feel like a rock star and it's fun for them but it also changes them a little bit and then they see other people doing it and then they think oh I got to do it like that person or I want to be better than her or oh she's so much prettier than me whatever the thing is they get like inside their own heads so um the next time we said let's not do any of that let's do we ended up calling it selfie festo and it was um Let's just call them on Skype at the time. It was Skype because I don't know why they've gone away. Um, but uh, we got them to shoot themselves on their iPhones and computers. Uh, and just we gave them a script, but we also asked them to tell their own stories. Um, and we just asked like 40 of them to send us these things. And we got so much great footage that we then cut together, put some music on it. And you know what? It felt so authentic. Because yeah. in this selfie world where we're all used to watching people on, on uh, Instagram, it just felt like, oh, I can believe this person now. They're obviously not being directed. And then the client wanted a little bit better higher-end production value. So we ended up sending a director. And we said they can only have one assistant with them, if that. But we want it to feel like we want to spend a day in the life with a, with a customer, with a user. And we wanted to feel like just friends hanging out, like it, as if you had a friend who shot great video and you just had a great day, um, that friends. Yes. Um, and those ended up feeling really nice too. I feel like this might uh, create, because the clients can't go on the shoot, the clients uh, have to sort of trust, and even the creatives have to trust the, the actual people. Maybe this will make, advertising feel more authentic in the end you know um i think it it will it's interesting um uh at deutsch 
my first tour at Deutsch back in the '90s, we did a lot of uh, a lot of real people yeah. stuff. You know, you had BK, you had uh, you had IKEA, right? IKEA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we we did. Um, you know, that was a, a kind of like a, a go-to strength for us as an agency at the time. And um, I always found real people more compelling, uh, and especially when they were underproduced and, and, and kind of let, you know, you get to see their charm, their foibles, et cetera. Uh, but now it's more, even more crucial that it's about um, their authenticity uh, and not just like their their funniness, their, you know right. what I mean? Like capturing them in a, in a weird pause or a humorous moment in their, you know, just a, a weird casting decision. It's just about, you know, capturing authenticity yeah. and their charm. Um, I've always found that more compelling than, than the script. And, and it's not about getting uh, quote unquote influencers, which um, that was the sort of, that was one of our rules for that, for that Weight Watcher stuff is we don't want people who, already have 50,000 followers and are just doing this because, you know, they want another gig with another brand. We, we want real users who maybe they're good at Instagram, but they're not, you know, obviously trying to be influencers, which is, right. or maybe they are, but right. they haven't gotten there yet. You know, just because right. the influencers right away, your, your thing of foibles and they're little, like they're, they're already fake. There's a fake, there's a level of fakeness to an influencer because they are trying to be an influencer. So therefore they're, right. they're sort of ruined for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we didn't influence, we did a, an Instagram promotion a couple of years ago with, and attached to that was an influencer component. But we kind of said, look, uh, we want people who are just breaking into consciousness, yeah. who have not, you know, who, who didn't even realize that they could do this, yeah. so to yeah. speak. Um, and then because after that, you're right, you reach a point at which they're just another commercial channel. And, and actually, when you talk to a lot of influencers, you're like, oh, my gosh, these guys are so cynical. I'm <laughs> like, um, they're, it's just about the media, you know, about the right. money. And, and uh, you know, I'm only going to give you this. It's right. weird negotiation. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about, well, I'll give you one piece of film for uh, and, and one take. That's you right. only get one reshoot. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so how uh I'm I'm conscious of your time. How how uh do uh people see your work and get in touch with you? Uh I mean we're on denota.com we have we actually have a ton of stuff that we're waiting to release, but we can't we just we just finished shooting um eight films that are all produced ready to release and we can't get them out because Obviously, the client has not like hit the media run yep. button in um, the holding pattern, but we have a bunch of new stuff um, that we got to get out there. And um, uh, we have some stuff that we just finished um, for, uh, uh, let's say, for Corcoran, for Nike, for Disney, a bunch of stuff. And so we're, we're hopeful that we'll be able to kind of like get that stuff out of the air soon, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we have a denoto.com, denoto com and and they can find you. Yeah. If, uh, yeah. if students want to send you some uh, some some utility and humility, they. <laughs> That's right, Greg Denoto at denoto.com. Yeah. Um, feel free. I'm, I'm I'm always interested in great young minds and seeing what they're cool. up to. Um, well, it was great talking to you, and I want to keep talking to you after this. Um, 
got a few. Dude, can we? Can we? Let's do dinner again, oh my right? God, yes. Um, I'm. Yes. I've been having these poker uh, zooms with friends, and they're really fun. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Is is there like a? An, an there app is. There's an like... app uh, called uh, Poker with Four R's. Uh, and, uh, yeah, which sounds already it's shady, but, uh, the app is just to keep score really. Um, and you know, then you, uh, if you wanted to use real money, you could Venmo. I'm not saying I did or I didn't, uh, you could Venmo uh, uh, your friend and, uh, and then you zoom and it's fun. Yeah. And, and you know, everybody, and it, and it's, it's sort of like sitting around a table. You can have a beer. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, it's like um, you said, the energy isn't there. Dude. Fingers crossed that we all come out of this soon and we can do shit face to face. But I love um, that. God bless. Stay safe. You friend. too. Hey, and that was our show with uh, Greg Denoto. What a nice guy. Always good to talk to. Great to catch up with him and hear some sane, real talk about the business and how we're evolving and, and how it might not be so bad if we all just kind of, you know, think about what we're doing and, and make new roads forward, we will get through this. Um, and this has been The A-List, brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. I'm Tom Chrisman. Please rate and subscribe the show. Um, subscribe to the show, I guess I should say, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will see you next time when we will get back to uh, the origin stories of some of your favorite ad professionals. If you want to be uh, on the show, you can write to us at info at adhousenyc.com. That's info at adhousenyc.com. And I would be so happy to uh, get your origin story because, you know, at this point, I think we're, we're doing it like a National Archive thing. <laughs> Maybe it'll be in the Smithsonian someday. Ooh, wouldn't that be great? Anyway, I'm Tom Chrisman. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. Our music, by the way, was created by Duotone Audio Group. And Ross Hopman over at Duotone Audio Group knows what he's doing. So uh, call up Ross Hopman at Duotone Audio Group. Thanks, Ross. All right. Thanks, everybody. Later.